put it really close. Welcome. This is. I love just starting. <laughs> We're Happy in it. Halloween, folks. Today's a very special day. <laughs> it's a very special spooky day. Connor. It's me. It's Connor, of course, as always. But today we're joined by a very special guest. Say hello, Ryan. Hello, everybody. This is Ryan Harvey. He's a he's a master of uh, post production and a, a master of horror in general. Oh, I wish and, those uh, things were true. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a coworker of mine. He's a good friend. He's but more than that, more than that. Why, why is he here for Halloween, other than, of course, being a fan of horror? And um, if you didn't know this about Connor, folks, dear listeners, Connor is also a good fan of horror. So, in our wisdom, we decided to get together and talk about this awesome genre in relation to Halloween. But um, Connor and Ryan, just wondering, why do you guys like horror so much? What's your history with it? Because well, I'm like, I, I got to preface that. This is my blind spot in cinema. I'm not. I'm no, not a horror guy. I know. I was just about to say Vince is really ignoring the fact that I. How many horror movies have you watched? Maybe like five. <laughs> oh, probably more like fifteen, Connor. More like fifteen. Are you slack. including or not including like the Halloween episodes of like Teletubbies and stuff? Are you? Including <laughs> oh, okay. That <laughs> That's a low blow. I like it though. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, no, um, no specials involved. <laughs> In my history, I don't know about you, Ryan, I, as a kid, was so scared of horror movies. Like, they freaked me out to no end. Anything scary, anything even remotely scary, I couldn't handle. And my parents were always joking about it. And then I think one day I, like, got into how they... It, it, this is what it was. I was so scared to see the movie Jurassic Park because one day it was, like, going back into theaters for a 3D run or something like that in, like, 20... 11 or something and I was invited and I was so scared but I couldn't show my friends that I was scared of this movie so I looked up like how they made it and it was so interesting to me how they made the dinosaurs and oh that's not real and I watched it with this appreciation I also thank that for why I like movies and why I like am interested in movies and like making them it's it's a lot of horror so that's that's why I like horror movies, and that, that after that I just couldn't stop. I love it. I love getting scared. I love learning how they do things, and it's great. So you're considering Jurassic Park a horror movie? That's that's what I'm hearing out of this. As a kid, uh, it's better than Teletubbies. <laughs> that's nightmare a good debate, actually. <laughs> that is a big horror it is a debate. I, it I've is heard many a time. It's a good well, debate. Let's well, let's get right into it, guys. What where does horror begin and where does it end? That's something I was going to bring up later, but honestly, I think that's a very interesting question to sort of start out talking about horror because there are movies that are scary, there are movies with scares that aren't horror, and there are movies that are horror that are kind of light on scares but still definitely fall into the genre. So, Ryan, where does that kind of where does that lie for you? And I know it's different, but would you, you kind okay of give parameters? Your initial question first. Oh, I was just absolutely. It was Go for it. Go for yeah, it. You did just kind of jump to, over him. No, I'm going to yeah, steamroll I, every possible I feel answer you terrible have. Terrible about myself. No. Um, well, the only reason I wanted to is because it's funny. I actually had a very similar experience to Connor, and it's it's funny to hear him say all of that because I was like, oh, this is this sounds like what my answer is going to be. Um, so I, when I was little, I was super 
freaked out at the idea of horror movies, didn't want to have anything to do with it. Um, I remember specifically The Mask 2. I didn't see it, but the trailer had a terrible CG dog. <laughs> dude, dude! Rocked my nightmares. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> we grew up on that for the sure. VHS, <laughs> the VHS box for it uh, with Pennywise on it from Hollywood Video. That oh, got yeah. me. But you have, like, when you're a little kid, you've got, like, a morbid curiosity with the stuff that, like, you don't understand or, like, you know, messes mm-hmm. you up. Uh, but I didn't see any horror movies until, like, fifth or sixth grade. Um, a bunch of classmates wanted to go see uh, The Woman in Black with Daniel oh, Radcliffe. Oh, dang. And that, a- <laughs> I, I was like, oh, man, I don't want to go. This is going to freak me out. I'm not going to enjoy this. Um, but uh, you know what? I'll... I'll I'll go with the friends. I won't look scared, whatever. And I ended up really enjoying it and not, you know, it didn't, it didn't really stick with me after in terms, like I didn't, I didn't leave scared, but I left like, Oh, that was a lot of fun. Like that was, you know, you get a bunch of adrenaline spikes. It's, that was, that was enjoyable. And at this point in time, I had already, um, I'd already been making short film. I did stop motion at the time, but I'd been making uh, short films for a few years. So it was very much like a, like, oh, like, this is very different from the kind of films that I, I mean, again, this is sixth grade me talking, but, you know, it's very, it was very, the um, cinema that I'm used to. Yeah. Well, it was just like, exactly. It's like, oh, it's different than, uh, than Veggie Tales. And right after that movie came out, I was like, kind of like wanted to look around and I saw, um, so going, going into high school, I, you know, sort of made this transition with my own personal stuff into live action. And right then I saw the film Insidious and I was super Good one. blown away. Good one. With, um, that's my, um, James Wan's my all time. Well, James, James, James Wan. Oh, dude. My two favorites. Um, that's, that's high praise James Wan, but James Wan's good. Oh, I love him. And uh, the thing was, like you said, like this, the idea of the behind the scenes of that movie that you make a film that is so successful, makes like $200 million on a $5 million budget. And I was like, that is effective filmmaking, like that you get that much reaction with that little budget. And that got me into the behind the scenes. And the behind the scenes interest in horror to filmmaking pipeline is a very real thing, I feel like. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, so that that... It's funny because horror very much was the reason that I decided, like, that professionally I wanted to get into film as well, just because I became so interested in how it's made and the behind the scenes. Because I feel like horror is such a versatile genre in terms of, you know, Vince's uh, Vince's question, you know, what what makes a horror film or like where it starts and where it ends. Oh, nice wraparound there, Ryan. Saying it like a pro. Holy crap. Good at Um, this shit, man. We need to quit. What's this? (laughs) Sorry guys. This is uh, this is Ryan's podcast now. I'm taking over. Everyone's fired. Horror week every week. You're the, what do you call it? You're the creature of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, We're the the last two standing. You've already killed Eric apparently. (laughs) Oh no. That's the, and Lucas, there's the only other two guests we've had. Perfect. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm already, I'm, I love it. Um, but I mean, to answer that question, I guess, I, I, Connor, what would you say? Like, what are your personal opinions on, on the genre lines? Because I feel like Jurassic Park is a good fringe example or like the yeah. recently what came to mind, like uh, even like Pearl came out a few weeks ago and it's very yeah. hardly a horror film. I didn't um, see it. I guess I, it's, is it good? Was I, You know, I liked it. Um, okay. I think that, it's a film that you have to approach knowing that it was made at the same time uh, as 
you know, Ty West's other film, X. Um, they're literally oh, yeah. like simultaneous productions, so they had to work like COVID masks into the film, which oh. is a whole thing. Very oh. interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know. The good tie-in, yeah, like Jurassic Park is one of them. Jaws, I feel like, is another one. Because like for someone who hasn't, who like doesn't watch horror, like Vince, what do you think Jaws is as a movie? Oh, yeah. No, I, honestly, that ties back to kind of my experience with horror as a kid was I thought of those as definite like horror movies, not Jurassic Park so much, but definitely Jaws. I thought of as, OK, this is like a blockbuster horror movie. I mm-hmm. definitely really liked Alien. I really liked Aliens. I liked The yeah. Thing. Those were all movies that I thought of as, OK, these are horror movies that I like and I'm good with watching. And they all kind of fit that blockbustery horror, but kind of not really horror in some ways zone. So yeah, I would say that Jaws is sort of sort of in that element. But you could consider it horror in a way. I think you could. Yeah, I think there there is such like a weird fine line because if a movie is intended to scare you or intended to make you feel a certain way, that's what it's doing. Like a comedy movie is a movie that makes you laugh. It's not necessarily a movie that like makes you feel good. Like mm. I don't know, because you can have a dramedy a, a rom-com, and then dramas. It's meant to make you feel sad or whatever. So if a movie is intending to scare you, I mean, you could then just call it a horror movie, but it is. It's such an interesting line. Because, like, Jurassic Park and Jaws are unarguably, like, scary. There are good, scary moments in them. I would say Jaws is a little more scary than Jurassic Park. But, like, you ask anyone who watched Jaws when it came out, my dad included, like, they wouldn't go in the water. Ever. That's how much it affected people. So to say that that movie is not a horror movie is like tough because it's not like when you watch it, it's kind of about three guys on a boat, but stuff is happening. So the line is so interesting. I don't care. I'm a horror acceptance. I don't know. I'm a horror whatever it you want. What's that called? I'm just horror I fluid. See, no, and I, I totally agree with that. I think um, it is funny because it's very easy to point at something like like Jaws is a great example that is a, that is considered a horror film, but it's very much like an adventure film or like that. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of other things that can be, and I think similar like to comedy where you can say a film has comedic elements, but at what point do you call it a comedy? It's That's similar fair. with horror. Like if you ask people to define the traits of a horror film, they're gonna say like, you know, it's it's designed to scare you. It's got people come up with a variety of features that it has to have, but you can find those features in a lot of films that wouldn't traditionally be considered horror. Like, you know, like if you consider gore or violence or like, you know, things that are, are like visceral, supposed to give you a reaction as horror, then like technically a film like Mortal Kombat becomes a horror film, but it's very obviously mm. not a horror film or like, mm-hmm. yeah, but you know, you, the audience is going to yeah. have an adverse reaction to seeing gore. And that's kind of the intent of including those kind of effects but you see that all the time in action films where that's not horror, but to a sense, like for some people it is. So it becomes incredibly subjective in what um, in what you're perceiving it as. And then like at the same time, you can look at a film like The Conjuring or like Halloween, and it's like that's very obviously a horror film. Yeah. Yes. So it's, it's definitely yeah. a spectrum where you have things very clearly defined in the middle, and then on both sides of it, it's like, eh, is this what it's going for? But it could be seen this way. Mm-hmm. Can I throw a couple your way and see what you guys think about them? Like sort yeah. of defining the boundaries Absolutely. of this in our heads. So Let's one is it. the lighthouse. The lighthouse. Psychological thriller. It's not psychological thriller. 
Okay, so I, not I horror. Think, so tell me, I, I tell me, know. horror or not horror? Oh, oh, That's man. so. I gotta think about that because he's mm. a horror director. He oh, is, man. and I mean sort that movie is like. That movie is not scary. It's just unsettling. And that's, or it's, it's not scary. But I'm not affected by horror movies. And after I watched that movie, I literally had a nightmare that night, uh, like about the lighthouse. And I woke up and I was like, hmm. no shit, that just happened. Like, I just had a nightmare about a movie. That's awesome. It's like, that's a good movie. So clearly the movie is like, I don't know. It, it's freaky, but. Is it a horror movie? I, see, That's all, oh, man. Ryan, what do you say, man? I'm inclined to say not a horror movie, but at the same it's, time, I very much remember the year it came out, and there was some buzz about, like, oh, maybe this is going to win an Oscar or be nominated. And I was in my head, like, oh, my God, that's a big opportunity for a horror film to be nominated. And then it's like, mm. I fell yeah. into that. But in retrospect, I don't – I think it is. I would say I would say it's on the not horror side of the spectrum, but I would still say it's a horror movie. Okay, de- well I think then, it's designed to unsettle, and I think that that is my personal criteria. Taking that same stance for something that's a little more grounded, but I think is probably the same argument of unsettling versus horrifying and scaring is something like Silence of the Lambs or fill in the blank with another like serial killer type movie, like even Zodiac. You know, that's maybe a little easier to say that that's not horror. But something like Silence of the Lambs, is that horror to you guys? I'd say yes. Yeah, I would definitely say yes. I think that one is just, okay. it is, it's a lot more grounded. It, I think the better example than um, Zodiac would be Seven. Is yeah, Seven a no, horror definitely. movie? I, like, because that movie is freaky as hell, but it's a horror movie. I think that Silence of the like Lambs a crime to me. movie with horror elements almost. Exactly. But, Where I think. Yeah. Silence of the Lambs is a horror movie with crime elements. Like, it's clearly prioritizing in these moments are meant to scare you. Hannibal Lecter is designed to scare you. So is Buffalo Bill. So are all these kills. It's very unsettling. And then there's Jodie Foster going through it. Versus Seven is like, there's this plot, and things along the way are scary. I agree. That's, that's an interesting distinction that almost makes me want to change like how we even think about the question is when a movie has scare elements or has horror elements, at what point does it become a drama, a comedy, a blank with horror inside it? And at what point does that kind of overtake the film? And I know it's a film by film basis, but it is interesting just to think about because uh, I'm thinking of a movie. I'm thinking of a recent movie like Nope, where that's that's branded as a horror film. That is a horror film. Yeah. In, you know, in all intents and purposes, at no point in the film was I scared. I was okay with that. I enjoyed it as a movie, but I wasn't scared in the same way I was with even you know, other horror movies that came out this year. So what do you guys have to say for those kinds of arguments? Or are there a couple of examples in your head that you think are interesting? You know, I, it's funny you bring up the nope thing. Um, now that we're talking about it under this context, I'm almost feeling like if nope wasn't coming like if Jordan Peele wasn't known for being a horror guy right and this was his first thing post Key and Peele where this like we're used to him being a comedic director and the marketing materials make it look like a, a happy like um sorry make it look like a happy adventure film uh and mm. it's framed that way to the audience going in then I don't think it would be really seen as a horror film it'd be seen as like a modern ET sort of or modern Jaws or uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind yeah. is what comes to I, my mind. Yeah, yeah. 
I, well, I think that that's so much of it sort of answering your question. I feel like so much of where that line is is in the framing of how it's being presented to you as an audience member. And then mm. I, I get, I don't know, Connor, what were you about to say? I think, yeah, you're totally right. Like a, a lot of it is that marketing and obviously, and then when you watch Nope, it's, it's a horror comedy. Like it's clearly funny. There are a lot of funny moments that Jordan Peele is very, very good at because of course he is. Uh, but then I think, I think that movie is like clearly a horror movie with comedy elements. I, I, maybe that's another reason like horror gets blended a lot is because it's something that's very easy to like implement or horror is a genre in itself that can be, you can pick and choose from other genres to make you like this character or whatever. So it affects more. I mean, obviously, you when you're making a movie, you want to make a good movie, and that means good characters, interesting people, interesting plots that, I, I, I don't know. I think a lot of times you need some funny bits. You need something funny. You need, I don't know. So Nope to me is like, it's definitely a horror movie, but I see what you're saying. I almost want, because you bring up a good point. You look at something like Hereditary, where mm -hmm. for the first 90% of the film, it's a family drama. And then all of a sudden, it gets really creepy. But it very much isn't as much of... I mean, there's there are things that happen that are scary, and there's things that are designed to make you unsettled. But a majority of the film is like this just this lady dealing with grief, and it could very much be framed as not horror for that first bit. So that is a good point, that you can't... There's a lot of like sway in terms of like what you have to present on screen to be horror. You know, like Shaun of the Dead, I feel like is a mm -hmm. good example of a film mm -hmm. that's hardly horror, but I'd still call it a horror comedy. Though nothing in that movie is really designed to scare you. Yeah, same with like uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. It's c clearly a horror movie, but it's funny and I, it's like they're using the classic horror setting to turn it on its head. Cabin in the Woods is barely a horror movie. It kind of is near the end. Like, it gets a little... Have totally you seen Cabin agree, in the Woods, though. Vince? I love it. No, no, but I was actually just... I just realized the connection that the guy who did Daredevil did Cabin in the Woods. Is did that he? a... Fact check me, somebody. Somebody email us, first of all. But fact check me on that. <laughs> I'd believe no, but it. keep saying what you're saying. Keep saying what you're saying. I have not seen it. It, uh, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! What? <laughs> Whoa, Connor! No, just to kind of introduce something. It, it, if you can't remember what you're gonna say, um, you're talking about like yeah, how yeah, a film it, markets itself. I, I, I think un, unquestioningly, like you say, nope, and it's clearly a comedy. And even if they marketed it as something else, the spoilers. If you haven't seen Nope, I'm gonna give you a second right now. Go watch the movie. Come back. Here, we'll edit okay. in your brain freeze after you gave the spoiler warning, and so it'll tie. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks. Great. Um, no, I think if that movie didn't have the chimp, it would, it could be drawing that line. But that chimp, what's the chimp's, what's the chimp's name? Gordy. Gordy. I love G Gordy. Gordy. Gordy, hands down, was the scariest part of that movie. It was genuinely scary. And that was the only part of the movie that was genuinely scary. So I think... Totally agree. And same with Hereditary. I think when something that strong and that scary happens and is such an integral part of the plot, I think it, then it becomes a horror movie. Because like Hereditary, mm. 
is unsettling and then unquestionably becomes one of the scariest movies you've ever seen. Like, so I don't know. I think it's when the horror starts, I guess going back to this question, when the horror starts taking over the emotion that you feel throughout the movie. I think horror movies kind of throughout have this sense of you're in danger all the time because the characters often are. You know, this leads to a couple really interesting questions in my head, but I wanted to first bring up a movie that we just saw, Smile, which terrified me, by the way. Ryan and I, Ryan and I watched this with our friend Josh, and this movie rocked me, but less so for its horror elements and more so for the concept. Now, that is what kind of interests me, is if you take away all the stuff of the film that's horror, this movie still would have scared me. And that's what makes me stop and go, okay, so if a horror movie has to succeed in terms of delivering scares, but if it can do it in a way that doesn't typically fall in the horror genre, then are there other films that at different points in our lives are horror movies to us? So I think of a movie like Saturday Night Fever. That movie, I don't know if you, either of you guys have seen it. I, I, yeah, no, no, no. It's definitely, definitely, definitely not a horror movie, right? Saturday Night Fever is very yeah. far from a horror movie. But to sort of spoil the ending of the film, I'll spare details, the ending is very unsettling, very unhappy. And that movie left me with the same sort of taste in my mouth that a scary film might. It gave me a scare. It stopped and made me fear things that could happen in my life. Or when you're a kid, for instance, like how Jurassic Park was very much so a horror movie to you when you were a kid. Uh, there are other films that are scary when you're a kid, like you watch these animated films, even like a Disney film, like Fantasia, or you know, just different yeah, films that that's have scary the classic scenes. One, though. When you're a kid, that's a horror movie. When you're a kid, that's how it's working. So I guess sort of where this is all leading to in my head is: Does a horror film have to succeed in the same ways that all these other films do in terms of having a really solid story with at least some sort of a meaning, like good characters? A, you know, all the things that are fundamental to making a good movie, does a horror movie have to have those things in check to be a good horror movie? Or can it succeed on its scares alone? Because I think there's a debate to be had here. Because there are some horror movies that people praise. This was the scariest movie I've ever seen, but it's a shit movie. Is that still a good horror movie? I, I would be inclined to say that you don't, they're not mutually exclusive. That you can have a movie be a good horror movie that just does not have a story, um, or the story's lacking. Because sometimes what we're like, personally, I think the best kind of like short films. I, I love horror shorts, and you don't because you don't need to spend the time establishing a character. You don't need to care for the character. You don't need to care where they are, what's going on, anything. You just need to empathize the fact that they're a person in a situation that you wouldn't want to be in. Mm. And that's why like, you can make a five-minute really effective horror short where the whole premise is just surrounding one, one big scare that happens like, towards the end. And it works very well. And I think that that's, like, that sort of proves the idea that like, you don't need to, to really flesh it out as much as you need the audience to feel something in that moment. And it can go both ways. You don't have to have nothing to be a good horror film, like you were saying. Like, you can be a horror film that works on a number of levels. But on the contrary, you can totally not work on a lot of levels and still be a scary film. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's really well said. And I think that whole question you have, Vince, is like such, a, such an internal debate in the horror genre and fans. Because a lot of people's like, you look at a movie like Friday the 13th, 
there's no like plot in that movie. It's it, it's so campy and fun, and people love it for like the cheap scares. Like that's kind of what the slasher genre is. It's cheap scares with whatever blah 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 characters that you don't really care about. And that kind of movie to me becomes like fun scary, where like you can live on the scares because obviously when you're jump scared or you're startled. It's adrenaline. You feel something. It's like going on a roller coaster. So when you have a movie that's fun to watch and just be like, oh, God, he's dead. Ha, ha, ha. That movie mm. is still definitely a horror movie. It's just, I don't know, it's trying to accomplish something different. Or it's kind of like so bad it's good. Or it's just that's what you want to watch. Versus a movie that focuses heavily on plot or its characters, like something like Hereditary, that sticks with you much longer because those you've grown like attached to them and the scares really scare. So no, I think you don't need to focus on the same things that you need in different movie genres to make a good horror movie. It's really subjective in what you like and it's in the genre. I think, that, I think that can also really be seen with a lot of like horror franchises. Um, they kind of get to a point where there are so many of them that the plots all blend together, but they're carrying themselves on really creative kills or like big set mm -hmm. moments. And like, as someone that has a lot of interest in the production, like I love big, exciting kills. Mm. I love that in a horror oh, film. Oh yeah, dude. And like, that's why like Halloween 2018, I think is, is a really good horror film. I don't, I couldn't even, I don't remember the story, but the kills <laughs> were awesome. Now, there's a scene and we're looking from the ground up at Michael Myers and he just slams his boot on a guy's head and it crushes like a watermelon. And you're just like, Oh my gosh, like did I just see that on screen? It's incredible. <laughs> and I mean it's it's very obviously a practical effect. They put a lot of work into it and it's like that's what I remember from the movie. I don't remember the story. I remember the boot shot. And it's like, <laughs> you know, and it worked for me. That's why, you know, like it, but case in point, I, I you know, you, you get to a point with these movies where the story is totally left behind and yet they're still extremely successful and have a lot of people like showing up. Very I love okay. So. I love that you brought that up because I was gonna tie horror movies to comedy movies real quick, and I, there's an even like another connection that just came about in what you were saying that I think is interesting. So we hear about like stand-up comedy and sketch comedy and all these different things that are separate from a film experience. And Connor, going back to our conversation about the movie Inside, we were talking about whether it was a movie or not, and we were talking about that on the strength of its story, the fact that Bo Burnham has an arc in the movie, yada, 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 and that was sort of our debate. But, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say that horror movies that are just scary aren't movies, but I will say that that's very interesting how both comedy and horror have that similar, like, okay, it doesn't matter per se if the story's not there as long as it succeeds in scaring you or making you laugh. Um, but... The fact that you brought up franchises, Ryan, makes me think about the fact that you could have a movie that does both. That's the first launching of a series, right? And, uh, you know, even something, I'll just say Alien. This is probably not the best example, but Alien, while the substance is a little more hidden beneath the scares and beneath the sort of basic structure, there is, there is a substance about, you know, corporations valuing profit over human life. And there's something to be had there. But as you build on top of some of these franchises, a lot of that depth gets pushed aside in favor of the fact that that movie successfully scared people. So we're going to follow it up and use that same scare model. And that's why you get so many sequels of these series that 
are, you know, typically, you know, this is very, I'm generalizing here, and you guys could totally disagree with me, but a lot of these sequels become more schlocky and more about just the scares and less of the substance. Same with comedy franchises where, you know, the first movie was hilarious, Anchorman, and I like the second Anchorman, but, you know, if we were to get a third and a fourth and a fifth, it would just be more and more about, oh, that joke was funny, people remember, they really like it, and the stories are... Ha there's the thing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It literally, that kind of reaction to to the film, and that's that's why people have a lot of problems with franchises. Have a lot of problems with franchises because they feel that this is sort of a trend that it takes. But I'm I'm curious if if you guys think that that's what a studio or the creative team behind a, a film or a franchise looks for in a movie that they might pick up and continue. Is it more so like, oh my gosh, that was good. We're gonna follow the scare element and make this into a franchise. Do you think that's sort of like a trend that plays out? I th- I think nowadays the idea of like a franchised horror movie is kind of going out the window. Like I'm not maybe, but not really. I don't know. Like when you think of the famous franchises, it is. It's like Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Chucky, these big icons of like franchise horror movies. And yeah, they kind of get worse. They definitely get worse. So I t- it's interesting. I don't know. I don't think people are looking for that nowadays. But I, yeah, so I don't know. I, it's tough. Ryan, yeah. you have the face of disagreement. No, I, I want to hear. I, disagree I with me, please. And I, no, 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 no. I, I do agree. It's funny you brought up aliens, Vince. Alien mm. and aliens. Um, because that's such a good example of like how a theme can evolve. You have Alien 1 that's very much like a traditional... like slasher film and alien 2 which is the total opposite end it's like action um or aliens i guess is the second one both amazing um, both both yeah, great perfect um, films in my opinion but i i don't know i i honestly think that in the past like couple years we've been straying away from franchises especially in this past year we've had so many movies and that's why i think people are calling like 2022 like a golden age for horror films is because there's so many one-offs coming out or like you know you have directors mm-hmm. like uh, Ari Aster making these oh, really dude. really good one-offs or Jordan Peele making these great one-off horror things with no intent of a sequel but I think they sort of satisfy different you know urges and or uh, urges is the wrong way you know what I mean um, <laughs> <laughs> they meet different uh, needs they meet different yeah, needs for the well, audience and it's like I think Scream 6 which came out this year um, it, it kind of said it one. really well a Scream 5 Right? Is that what it was? Like, I yeah, think it was I the sixth one. Five. I think it's five. This was five. Didn't um, they have a f- There you go. There's so many that I don't mm. even. But um, <laughs> no, I know. The first one is addresses the first it really one's so well good. Because, yeah, it's the fifth. Well, the, I, I actually thought this one was as good as the first because um, it's incredibly meta, sort of making commentary about um, about franchised horror. But then it also talks a lot about what they call. I feel like they sort of coined the term uh, elevated horror. Where mm. it's this idea of like, oh, it's more than a horror movie. It's also, and it's like poking at like hereditary and whatnot. But it is very true that you have like both camps and they both work for different reasons. Like I feel like slasher films a lot of the time are things that can routinely come back because they can come up with more creative ways to, you know, the, the idea is that your protagonist in those movies isn't the survivors. The protagonist is the killer. You're in that movie to watch that boot shot. You're in the movie theater to see you yeah. know, the killer do crazy things. Whereas with Hereditary, you're just like, oh my God, who's coming out of this alive? Like you're, you're approaching it from different angles. Um, and that's why like certain franchises, like um, 
Like I, I personally really enjoy the first seven, I want to say, Saw movies because it's a really good detective story <laughs> where they actually it, it's have a, a crazy plot going. story. Oh my god. Oh, it's god. nuts, but it's like a soap opera, but it, it is literally it a soap opera. Because they're actually oh, man. telling a story um, that sort of is it, it actually is building more than just being, you know, sort of what Saw is known for as like a torture porn type subgenre. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but I think that sort of that age is like horror films have come to a point where both both things work. You can pick a movie up for the for the sake of like the potential sequels, but I think more and more we're veering towards like we're totally cool taking these one-offs because of how successful they're proving to be. Oh yeah, I would also argue instead of like following franchises nowadays, we kind of follow filmmakers. Like I cannot wait for the next Ari Aster movie. I can't wait for the next um who did who did the lighthouse? What's his um, Robert Eggers? Robert Eggers. Robert Eggers. I can't wait for the next movie. So uh, w- I feel like we're following people, going. I know what this is gonna like be. I know what the vibe is. I'm I'm ready to watch it. But I totally agree with you. I think I think the one off is getting much bigger, and a lot more respected in the industry. I mean, even like look at Get Out, which is. You know, it, it went to the Oscars. It like kind of ran away with the Oscars that year, which. Horror movies basically never do. And I think that movie, that was the start of like it, the, the, the one-off and the idea of like horror being respected. Again. Something that's interesting to me is that you guys brought up that 2022 has sort of been the year of horror in a lot of ways. And especially elevated horror, like that concept has really shown. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of one-off great horror films. Now, Ryan, I've seen now two of them with you personally and I know you've seen pretty much all of them that have come out bar maybe like men <laughs> and maybe one or two others uh, and that's that makes sense you're a horror fan these films interest you and you're going out to go see them on the other side of the spectrum Connor I don't know how many you've seen I know you've seen Nope which we've qualified as horror in a way but I don't yeah. I, you, I could be wrong, but I don't think you've seen any other ones. Now obviously there's busyness, no. that's a factor. I know you don't go to as many movies. But what's interesting about that to me is that, for instance, like superhero films, you, you've made your way out to go see Spider-Man when it came out and then Batman. And I think that I, it's uh, is, yeah. is there any other is there a more like interesting, compelling reason about maybe why you haven't been motivated to go see these horror movies besides just like the time factor and the and the maybe not going to the theater as much factor? That's a that's a really good question. I think a lot of it is that I can't I, I one, I don't have time. And two, I'm not I don't know. I d I haven't gone to the movie theaters in a while. I think I saw, I don't know, I guess maybe I'll, I'll really answer the question. I think I am very busy, and if I had time, and that was a thing, that wasn't a thing like I did for fun, mm. like go to the movies and see a new movie. I just always kind of waited, or it was like an event. It was, I'm going to see this movie. Um, but I guess, honestly, going to a movie theater, it is interesting. I'd kind of rather see, not kind of rather see, but... It's just kind of easier to sit and watch a superhero movie than to watch a horror movie, especially because the horror movies I like are the ones that I want to scare me. Like, that's what I want to go see. And a lot of times that's very heavy, and I'm not always in the mood for that. Mm. And I love them, but, like, 
it's not always the vibe. It's not always the move. I, if I'm just on a whim, like I remember I was um, with uh, my girlfriend. She had work and I had to go and I was just in New York like, well, her work's right there. There's an AMC. I'm going to go see the new Doctor Strange, which is a whole thing in itself. <laughs> I can't speak on it because we, for legal reasons now, I cannot speak <laughs> on what I think of these movies. And I'm the only one in this room who can't. Um, <laughs> so, no, but I think it's just easier we'll sidebar. to go in and, and watch it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's easier to just go in and watch, a, watch the newest comedy movie or watch the newest superhero movie than it is to sit and, like, comprehend a horror movie, especially since the ones that have been coming out so recently are so good and intense and, like, it, they're great. I don't know. They're it's, not it's light. It's easier to just turn off my brain instead of think because I really enjoy these movies. Hmm. Inter- interesting. But do you think that you'll catch them when they come on on TV? Is it something where you're like, yeah, I'll oh, get yeah. around them. Okay, cool. Well, that, that checks yeah, out. I'll get around That checks out. I, I definitely have an interest... Like, even you saying Pearl, I was like, oh, man, I need to see that. I really wanted to see it. I think the last horror movie I saw in theaters was The Black Phone. Oh, that was this year. That, yeah, that, that definitely folds That was in. this year. Okay. Yeah. I saw that and then Nope. Okay. That's, those are the horror movies I saw this Got year. Got you. And Ryan, on the other side of all this, you've seen most of them. I, th- I know you haven't seen Men, which is a, I think that's a notable exception. No, I've seen Men. Oh, you have? Okay, never mind. I was going to say, I, I, I pulled up my, my letterbox here to see, just to backtrack what I've seen as like the big horror films of 2022. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, let's, I think, let's hear them. Let's hear them all. Okay, so I also I didn't, I, Black Phone must have had a limited 2021 release because for some reason it's showing up as a 2021 oh, film. Oh, weird. Here. Okay. Um, really? Yeah, but... I, I swear I saw no, it. No, it is. I, oh, I yeah. saw it in theaters in 2022. It must have been like a festival yeah. um, thing hmm. beforehand. But uh, probably a, big yeah. films like Sundance of the year, like the ones that are actually worth watching. Um, I'm excluding a few, but Scream is really good. We got Fresh. Yeah. That was really good. X. Oh, bodies, God. bodies, bodies. Very original. Uh, Men, Nope, Barbarian, Pearl, and that brings us to now. I guess Smile's pretty good, but we did just see it, and I don't think that one's going to be like a defining yeah. 2022 horror movie. I enjoyed that movie, but I don't think that's like one of the movies of the year. But it was a strong entry, and I think that's kind of the point, that there hasn't really been... Um, I mean, there've been a few. Like Texas Chainsaw came out this year, the new one. That was <laughs> yeah, that one was that, that was that unequivocally was one of the worst films I've ever seen. Um, oh my god, yeah, uh, that movie was not great. Uh, yeah, um, that was yeah, that's a that's a whole thing. But I think like specific standouts like X, really really good. That was very unique. Barbarian, best horror film the last couple years, in my opinion. Wow. Um, I mean, anytime there's a Jordan Peele thing, that's that's an event, like you were saying nowadays. Um, yeah, totally. And Men was very unique. Like, there's been enough things that are just unique enough and stand out enough that it's like, oh, wow. Like, this is – I feel like people are saying it's like a golden age because it's just so unusual to have quality content for more than one or two mm-hmm. entries a year, you know? Um, so that's sort of been the thing carrying uh, – carrying the genre is just having reasons to go to the theaters. And I, I'm actually someone that would prefer to watch a horror movie in a theater because I think it's a lot scarier when you can't look away from the screen. Mm. Oh, definitely. Um, I agree. But also just, it's, I'm not someone that like, it doesn't really like, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say horror films scare me, 
But I think uh, it's a lot more fun to be in a room with a lot of people to hear the reactions. And it's, it's, that's always like part of the oh, experience so to me yeah. is seeing it with people yeah. and having everyone be like, Oh no way. Like this is actually happening. You know? Yeah. Um, I, on, on the flip of that about theaters, I think it is the best to like be in a room and everyone gets scared at the same time. But I also think horror movie audiences can be some of the most like disrespectful audience like talking loud disrespectful yelling at the screen i'm like that's not if you audibly like don't even think reflex scream or say something that's different than being disrespectful and yelling at the screen and i feel like the last couple times maybe it's just because i live in new york but the last couple times i've been to these movies they're like people yelling at the screen and i'm like how about you shut up please oh yeah i I think it definitely goes both ways uh when i saw barbarian for the first time there was um someone in my theater and essentially every time something would happen, you would hear her do like a sharp inhale, like a, and then she'd scream as loud as she could, like bloody murder. And it's just like, dude, that's inorganic. Like, don't do that. And just like drawn out too. Not like a, whoa, oh like a, like, you know, like a, you know, for like drawn out and you're like, okay, yeah, I get it. It's scary. But, like, also, that movie's not all, like, it's, it's a not great, that great film, but it's also not that scary. Like, so, yeah, it's yeah. just a very funny combination. We're just like, we're just, we're just doing that to get heads turning. And, and heads were turning. People were not thrilled with that because it happened happened every time. Well, um, it's okay. It's like this, the, you know. the thing is, Vince, do you remember, I, this is such a deep cut in our childhood. Oh, what? Do you remember the battering ram at oh, Bush Gardens? Uh, yeah, no, totally, totally. That's like when someone would go up yeah. and everyone yeah. goes, ah, and then there's the one guy that on the way down is like, ah, <laughs> and then it stops. So he's, the, it, like, it goes up and then people are screaming and then it stops. And then there's one dude yelling. That's like the guy who screams <laughs> on the chain even. lift for the roller coaster though. You know, like there's oh, always yeah, one. It's like, yeah, okay. Like <laughs> it's funny, around. but then you're doing it for 45 seconds. And it's, oh, okay. that's, <laughs> that's it's like the first time it's really yeah. funny. But after that, you're like, okay. dude, are you okay? <laughs> no, definitely. And I, I remember even like going into teenage years, Connor, you became that guy, but you did it tastefully. You would do it once and it would be hilarious. And then you would stop. And it was like, oh God. Yeah. No, those are good memories. You you know, it's funny. Multiple of my teachers have told me, Connor, you have a strange gift of pushing my buttons right and stopping right before I'm about to flip out on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, okay, so you talked about amusement parks. This is something that's interesting. Okay, we've gone to two now, Ryan, um, different, I guess you could we call have. them horror nights. I know that's a branded term, but two different horror nights at amusement parks. One was actual horror nights at Universal. The other was Not Scary Farm. For me... Both fun. Both fun. Those are great, good. great time, both of them. I wasn't scared. I'm kind of a wuss in horror movies. You saw me and smile. That scared me. I was not scared by these haunted houses in that same way, almost at all. I enjoyed them. I thought they were very impressive. I thought about different things that happened, but I wasn't scared. So I think maybe I could be wrong, but kind of going back to our earlier question about the separation between the story from the scares, I find myself way more scared by something when it's attached to a story and experience that's pre-planned out and shown to me in a film. And I don't know why. I, I don't know if you guys have any sort of ideas about the difference between like the live scares of a haunted house and then the scares of a film. If, if that's just a me thing, I don't know if that's like crazy to have those be distinct. I've no, never, I, I, I don't know. I, no, I, yeah, I, yeah, I think, I think that's Go totally right. reasonable. Um, I, I, I guess I'm in the same boat and that the houses don't, 
scare me, um, but I guess the movies don't really either. It's, I, it's sort <laughs> You're of You're just uh, numb. You're numb. You see, I don't know. You see, like, I, I actually was looking. I guess I've seen almost, and it doesn't sound like a lot, but I guess 200, 200 horror films logged on my letterbox. Oh, so quick, I was like, I've quick seen interruption. Wow. Notable exception you left out that I think is an interesting one is Prey. Oh, isn't that, that technically that a horror film? That come up as a horror film, and I actually oh. think that that would be more of an action what? film, even though again that teeters the line. I'd agree. That's funny. That was, no, that is a scary. Good... It's not a scary movie. Yeah. Um, Predator definitely. Predator definitely teases the line just in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would argue that Prey especially is. was way more action than horror. Um, yeah. But that's funny because I was actually sorting by genre here, and it does not mm. track as a horror film. Though okay. it definitely that is really strong, fun. I would still consider it action horror, like I, main genres. Yeah. Though is that because we've seen Predator before? Probably. If he yeah. wasn't already a character strapped to a horror genre, then it would probably purely be an action film. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. But the the idea of the theme park, um, you you do make an interesting point, and I think, in part, like the reason I enjoy the theme parks is because it feels like, for the most part, you're kind of in one of these movies. It's a, your own little experience. But it's like, it's it's scary in the moment in the same way that being on the roller coasters is scary. You know, you get mm-hmm. like a little like a little hit of adrenaline when something pops out of you. But like, it's very apparent. Like, you know, they're not really coming at you. You're not at any risk whatsoever. There's too much, you know, legal legal factors here. So yeah. they're not <laughs> they're not getting that close. They're not grabbing you. They're not doing anything. So you you have a very clear safety net when you're in those experiences. And then when you look at everyone, it's like, oh, like the, I've seen this mask like 15 times tonight, or like yeah. it's very obviously <laughs> like we a, definitely did a five foot two guy in a costume. Like this isn't actually scary. Um, short king. Yeah, short. You know, and there there were a lot of them. We've we've seen our fair share in these horror horror places. No no shame to the short kings. We love our short kings here. Um, but it is it is interesting, and I I think that. Um, people don't really go to those experiences. I mean, I'm sure people are genuinely scared by those things, but I think that a lot of the reason that those events are popular are because it's it's a fun thing. It's a fun entertainment. You're not really going to be mm-hmm. scared in the same way that Definitely. like you go to a horror movie under the guise of like this is gonna mess me up. You know, yeah. like I'm ready to be actually scared. But you know, you go to an amusement park and it is an amusement park. You okay, know? well, maybe something like Alien, like uh, Jaws, and even though it is a little bit scarier than both of those other two, The Thing, something like that feels more like amusement horror because I have fun with those scares. And part of the reason I don't get really into horror movies is because a lot of the scares that I'm experiencing are more so just scary than like fun scares. I, I, and I think that's different per person, and it depends. Is that a genre? Is amusement horror ever been like a token thing? I always feel like that's kind of like where slashers um, shine. I don't. I mean, those actually have some scary exactly moments, I, I guess. But the mm-hmm. slasher movies are like the action movies of horror. You know, like you, you're there for. I, I've probably said this like ten times on this podcast so far, but you're there for the kills. <laughs> you're there to see the boot. The boot stomp. You're there for the boot shot. No, but like the the villains are the heroes the there, shot. and you're there for the for that kind of hype. It's like you mentioned the thing. Um, and the thing is, I mean, that's my all-time favorite horror film. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I guess I would agree. I wouldn't say the thing is strictly like a scary, scary movie. Um, but I love the creature, uh, the the creature prosthetics. I love the effects. I think it's held up wonderfully. 
And I'll watch that movie year-round. It doesn't have to be like, you know, the, the spooky season, so to speak. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's totally justifiable to say there's like a line for uh, – or like a sort of self-category for like amusement mm-hmm. horror, if you want to call it that. Because um, I, I wouldn't say that those – like they are scary, but it doesn't really seem like the thing is setting out to actually like keep you awake at night. Like that no, movie has yeah. a pretty yeah. definite resolution at the end. It's just like a – Oh, we're here for a ride, and this is a crazy ride. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You you nailed it again. I'm, I can't really talk on this one. Well, it's my podcast but, um, now. I mean, you know, we <laughs> true. already established it's his world. We're just living in it. Um, <laughs> no, I I think that is the same. Like literally, both times you answered, I was like, "That's it." It's like, yeah, the roller coaster going to the amusement park. There's this like feeling of safety, and then the amusement scares. I also think you've listed things like uh, what movies did you name? You did Alien, Jaws and The Thing. Uh, the Thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Well, those yeah. are all also older and they're also uh, like I feel like a lot of like scariest movies are movies that you feel like you can't control mm. anything. Like in these movies there's the villain who is like easy to kill. It's a shark. It's an alien. It's an alien. It's another alien. Whatever. Uh, but then you look at something like uh, uh, I, don't I don't know, The Exorcist. Yeah. When you re- Have you seen The Exorcist? I have Vince? not. I have not seen The Exorcist. It's not scary nowadays, comparatively. Like, it's clearly a horror movie and for the time it was the scariest movie ever made. You rewatch it, it's honestly kind of boring. That's so funny you mentioned that. I remember my dad telling me that that was like going to be the scariest film. Um, and the first time I tried to watch it, I fell asleep. I just couldn't. It wasn't keeping me engaged. Mm. And that yeah, I think audiences today are becoming like, it is true. We are desensitized. But the scope of what we can see on screen, it's like no longer. Because back in, you know, give it like 20 years, 20 years back. And it's like, if you're not doing it um, practically, it's not happening. And nowadays, yeah. it's like, oh, you can show anything because whatever you think of, it's feasible with enough VFX artists. Um, mm-hmm. Like I know um, what like there, there was some study that found that the scariest horror movie, um, like st- like scientifically, uh, was Sinister. Um, Scott oh, Derrickson, dude, you know, he also did Black Phone. I was Phone. gonna talk about Sinister. I, and I think we should. I think that's a great film also because Black Phone really was not that scary. And it's funny that the same guy no, is responsible for for both. Um, but that movie is one that really does rock you the first time you see it where you're like, oh, well, like this this is unsettling. Like this is more than just scary. Mm-hmm. This actually kind of does stick with you throughout and kind of leaves you feeling uneasy in a way that like – I feel like that's kind of like a modern-day sort of exorcist, you know, one mm-hmm. that is actually going to shake you. yeah. I think, I mean, the evolution, obviously, you look at the evolution of film in general, and also you look at even the oldest films, some of the oldest films are horror movies. Yeah. Like, we've always been fast, yeah, we've always been fascinated with being scared. And back then, you look at something like uh, Nosferatu, Mm -hmm. the original, you can, we can watch that and go, this literally is like, this is awful, like, this is boring and blah, blah, blah. But for audiences at the time, crazy. And then they got used to that. And then Psycho comes out. And it's like, get used to that. Then The Exorcist comes out. It, every time, it's something we'd never seen before. And I think now, w- everyone likes to do the, to 
pile onto the thing you've never seen before. And with the advancements of filmmaking, you're totally right. Like we can, we can do anything in CGI, and that's why I think a lot of like paranormal or demonic movies are not like can get made because before then you really couldn't make it without. CGI, like it, it was almost impossible to show a ghost. How could you do that without it clearly being someone in a sheet? And then Casper like, came out. And then Casper. And that Casper changed cinema. <laughs> that changed everything. You know, I actually oh. think you almost have like periods of it's like horror defined by directors almost. Like Hitchcock was sort totally. of the guy. And I don't know if this is a horror hot take. I think James Wan is the modern day Hitchcock. Um, because he that is a hot take. James well, here's Wan, what I'm man. saying: like, take. just Aquaman. in terms of what he's done to the horror genre, because he created Saw, right? And Saw is very pivotal because it's a it's a movie a lot of people would throw away, but um, critically, it's like the first sort of franchise that introduced like heavy gore, and you'll see any horror film before that point, even like what they did a Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake in 2003. And it is exceptionally tame by today's standards. You don't see a single person take that chainsaw. You know, like it is very much playing it by sort of the, I guess you'd say like uh, like the ways of the times. Like it wasn't that that whole idea of introducing like ultra violence wasn't there until Saw. And now like we're used to that. If you don't see like the kill play out, if you don't see that like shock factor. A lot of the times it's seen as not as scary. So he introduces that, and then he does Insidious and sort of makes this new new era of, um, of like you're saying, the supernatural films. I think that those films are incredibly influential on horror. Yeah. And he did both of them and then introduced the Conjuring franchise, which is one of the biggest still well, ongoing right. franchises. Really He's kind of multi-fat. Like he really did, did sort of do it all um, in terms of what we still see today in, in – uh, like franchise horror and even some of those tropes as well. Yeah, I mean, because even I, I, I agree with that. It being so influential, yeah, you don't think about it. And also, I think to restate the Saw thing, I think we'd seen violence and gore, but he brought it to this ultra realistic level. Yes. Like, absolutely. Watching a dude saw his leg off <laughs> is tough, and it's different <laughs> than watching Freddy Krueger slash a kid in the face and his head turns into four bits. Like, you know what I'm... There's a clear... One of them you can watch and go, that was fake, and the other one you're like, this is real, this is crazy, what's going on? I totally agree. And there... Actually, that's another thing. Like, these movies change... A lot of movies... Like, you can pick one that influenced and changed the way horror movies were seen and made. Something like Blair Witch made that genre of movie, like... Possible, and also that could only happen with the accessibility of, like, personal cameras. Yeah, yeah. Connor, Absolutely. quick question for you, because I, you know, I know Ryan's favorite one. Ryan's favorite film is The Thing, so obviously your favorite horror film is The Thing, but also kind Good of tied movie. with Halloween. I know you, you like both of those, so that's the answer for that. But Connor, what's what's your favorite horror film? I honestly don't know. That's really tough. Because um, if we're going off with, your top yeah. five, it would be it would if the lighthouse counts, it would be. But I'll I'll say something besides the lighthouse. That uh, yeah, that's really tough. Because like yeah, I love the lighthouse, 
It's it is one of my favorite movies uh, again because if you've listened to this podcast, you know I like movies that stick with me more and I think about and remember. I remember the lighthouse. I mean, I would also, if that's the case, then also Hereditary and Midsummer are up there. Those those movies really stuck with me. Favorite horror for a while it was the thing. I think that movie is a masterpiece. I I don't know, man. Maybe it's that's so tough. Tough question. I, that's so tough. I, I can't answer that. I guess, I mean, the safe answer, I guess, is The Lighthouse. A safe answer for me, yeah. just knowing that that is one of my favorite movies. Right, right. But not necessarily just because of the horror itch that it scratches. Yeah, yeah. Because that's not, we just, t- you know, we talked about how that's not exactly in the lane. Yeah. But it's maybe, because maybe it's a well made movie. Like, yeah. Maybe this will help guide your thinking as well. I yeah. was interested in this question Please. for both of you guys. Um, because our part of our reasoning for even going to Smile was that Ryan had heard it was better than the trailers looked. And that turned out to be the case, at least for both of our yeah, opinions. Yeah, the trailers didn't do it justice. Mm-mm. The trailers did, they did not look I, I think that worked it, in its favor, to be honest. I really do. <laughs> Lowered I, the expectations. It, my expectations were below the floor. Like, I was digging for my expectations. <laughs> and I was really... So, I mean, the trailer is not great. No. Um, by any stretch. And it... it Totally surprised me. Sorry, yeah. I totally interrupted your question. No, no, that's great. You... That's exactly oh, what I was trying. That's what I'm getting at. Is other than Smile, what's a horror film for both of you guys that kind of defied your expectations? You went in going, okay, maybe this isn't going to be good. Maybe I don't know anything about it, and it exceeded your expectation. And what's one that you were looking forward to or heard great things about that actually didn't meet those expectations for you? Or maybe it was a good movie, just didn't scare you, or something like that. You can kind I of take an this. Awesome. I got an answer for both. Uh, the one that s- surprised me, shockingly, was uh, Annabelle Creation. Have you seen that, Ryan? Oh, there's so many Annabelle movies, or so many, so many Conjuring Annabelle. verse movies. Um, I, yeah, I saw that. That's movie on the a one date. at the. Yeah, no, yes, I have seen this. That's is the, This is the one that takes place in like the f- remote farm setting. Yes, and it's yeah, like an yep. orphanage. I think. Yes, I remember going farm. into that movie. It was like I was on a date, and I was like whatever like yeah i'll go see this movie and then i left and i was like that was that that was scary like that did the job that was pretty good i i'm am i saying that's the best conjuring movie or a good movie in general no that's just the one i think like that movie really (laughs) like actually was pretty good i'm I'm shocked or i I have um, a good answer as well or Um, the invisible man the new one that just came out i was questioning it i was not doubting i was doubting it and I wasn't sure if it was going to be good. And then I watched it, and I was like, that was a good movie. That was very well made. Was that James Wan as well? No, so that, funny you mentioned that. That is my uh, other favorite horror director, Lee Whannell. He plays the oh, guy in Saw yes. who doesn't yes. cut off his foot, but he's the guy who's in the room with the guy who cuts off his foot. He and he's James Wan have been buddies. Actor, but it's okay. Um, yeah, he's in The Bye-Bye Man, and I was like, why are you in this? Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, Invisible Man, fantastic. Upgrade is one of my all-time favorite movies. That's like hardcore Upgrade body horror. Upgrade is good. That's a movie that's horror adjacent that I like. I, I saw a trailer for that on YouTube one year, like when it was in theaters. And um, I was like, I had never heard of it. And I was like, this looks interesting. And looked it up in my local theater had a time showing in like 20 minutes. And I was like, this doesn't look like it's going to be that good, but I'll give it a try. And I went 20 minutes later after first hearing about this thing. 
And that totally, I was the only one in the theater because um, I was in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and it totally blew my mind. I was like, that's amazing. And that uh, that's vaguely horror. Um, but my the answer I thought of was uh, Ouija uh, Origins of Evil, which is the sequel to Ouija, the first one, which is about a Ouija board. Uh, and yeah, I mean, that, that that's not promising, right? This is not a good start. Um, but uh, it, the second one, the prequel, might I add, to this other Ouija board movie, uh, is directed by Mike Flanagan, and that's the guy that yeah, gave us uh, Doctor Sleep. So good. Uh, he gave us um, Hush. He gave us The Haunting of Hill House. Uh, that whole series, Midnight Mass, Oculus, all the, all these very good things. And go figure. I didn't realize it was him at the time. Ouija Origin of Evil is a very good horror film uh and i was very surprised i didn't i again it now retrospect it makes perfect sense but um when it came out it, i i want to say it's like 20 2016 not expecting it to be a game changer and i was really impressed with that movie well it's no jumanji but that's okay <laughs> it's no Jumanji. Oh, no Jumanji. Well, you know, to keep it... Well, I don't I don't even want to hear your disappointments now because I feel like we're getting closer to uh, a certain time of the podcast, but uh, almost, as like a, almost as like a last fun little question to kind of wrap things up. Uh, is there a director who doesn't typically direct horror or maybe, honestly, a better answer is hasn't ever directed a pure horror movie uh, that you would like to see a, like a living, working director make a horror movie and why? And what makes you think that that would be a, a good thing? Wes Anderson. Dude, okay. that would be that would mm. be so such an interesting brand of like. That's mm. why I want to see it. I don't think it'd be scary. I think it would definitely be hardcore c- horror comedy. Yeah. Um, but to see him do s- just that, uh, tackle that genre, would be wild and I, I, w- I would just love to see how he does it i agree i would love to see him recreate like an old horror movie icon like have him do dracula or the werewolf or something that's so mm. that you can now kind of pile on and make fun of i think he would nail it and it would be someone like willem dafoe is the main guy because he always has his people i say christopher nolan would probably kill it or I mean, I know, like, David Fincher, that's so oh, yeah. arguable, though, because he kind of does, but also doesn't. He, his movies are just, in general, kind of unsettling, but I don't think he's... Oh, he did Alien. He did one of the Alien movies. Yeah, but I don't know. We can give that a pass. That's I'll give that a pass. To give him Alien 3, I think, I think Fincher's a good answer. I think Fincher's... Because he does all these, like... Criminal, scary movies. Well, yeah, we talked yeah. about Seven before. And and yeah, we did talk about Seven Zodiac. and Zodiac. And right. then there's Gone Girl, which also and has some unsettling stuff in there for sure. And there's The Game, um, if you've seen The, the game, game. with Michael Douglas. That's, that's, a, that's, <laughs> that's not a, a horror movie, movie, but it's, that's a crazy movie. That's a good movie. That's a movie that surprised me. I Watching that. that for the first you, time, you're like, what is, what, and the what? And then the end, you're like, what? And then it's, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, he did a great job. Um, I think Christopher Nolan... I'm afraid Christopher Nolan would be too like. I don't know. I don't know. I don't it'd know be, if that would it'd be work. hard to picture. It'd, it'd be, be really hard, to, hard picture. to picture. And then there's um, there's someone like, um, once again, very debatable, but like, uh, Dennis Villanueva. Oh yeah, yeah. Because he did, yeah, unless yeah. I'm just missing movies that he's made. 
I feel like he hasn't um, dove in and like nailed a horror movie or like done a horror movie, but all of his movies have this this influence of horror. Yeah, but I could I know what just you're totally saying. be I haven't wrong seen about his, his early movies. About his movies. I haven't seen his early movies. Anything I know that like Enemy doesn't really count as horror. Um, that, that final prisoners scene is scary is as hell though. I'm not a big enemy fan. I like I like his other movies. But You're not a fan not of the giant favorite. random spider I, at the end. Hey, spoilers for enemy. No, um, yeah, prisoners no, though. Fan. Prisoners. I is still a haven't seen prisoners. Good, I need to watch Vince. It. You need to watch prisoners. Okay, you with something. Okay, something we didn't bring up, and you said Wes Anderson, so this made me think. I actually disagree. I don't think. I think if Wes Anderson was told like, "Here's a horror movie, make one," I don't think he would make a horror comedy. I honestly feel like he would lean heavily into absurdism. And there'd be some funny stuff in there, but I think he'd become like David Lynch if he was told to direct a horror movie. And that's somebody we didn't bring up. But honestly, to me, that's the scariest. Like, the absurdism is what scares me the most. But alas, I feel that uh, there's a certain hour that's dawned upon us, Connor. Wait, what time is um, it? Is it time? What, ti- what time is it? Is it Quick Takes? Huh? Quick Takes, Quick Takes, it's Quick Takes with Connor and Vince. Yeah. And special yeah. guest Ryan. Ooh. Yeah, welcome to Quick Takes, everyone. This is a part of the show where we, you know, we give you a take quickly, and you take it. I'll start right, us off. It. I'll start us off because I've got what one in Connor? my pocket, and I really got to explain this. Jacob Collier is overrated. And I, I don't know who Jacob Collier is. You don't know who Neither Jacob Collier I. is? Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> oh, dude, <laughs> give, us, give us another one. Give us another one. Give I us another can't. one. That's what I put. All right. You, you, someone else go, and I'll we make us We have to take the take. That's the rule. Oh, that's okay. true. But Okay, finish your take. Finish okay. your take. So Jacob Collier is like this brilliant musician and artist and songwriter. No doubt that he's a genius, theoretically. But his music, to me, is almost unlistenable because it's so complicated that I can't sit there and enjoy it when I'm just thinking like, oh, that was an interesting chord. Every chord is interesting and I I can't listen to it. No doubt that what he's doing is correct, quote unquote, but it's- (laughs) That's a good take. (laughs) It's just quite hard to listen to. For all the musicians out there, like my friends back in Virginia Beach would like crucify me for this. Go look him up and you'll know instantly what I mean. And if you like him, I get it. But I just can't. And when I say overrated, I mean overrated, like not enjoyable to listen to. I'm not talking bad about his talent or ability. He's clearly a genius. I just can't listen to his music. Damn. There. I said it. Leaving it all on the table. Yeah, right? You've forever influenced my opinion of somebody I don't yet know, Connor. Yeah, thanks, buddy. I'll never be able to unlink. Ryan. What do you have to say for yourself? All right. I've got what do you have to throw in the pot? I don't know if it's that good. Um, I think that 3D is the superior film viewing format. Full stop. Whoa! Spoken like a true stereoscopic gentleman. <laughs> Bold as hell, dude. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll stand by it. Okay. Can, can you, can you flesh tell. this out? Can, please do tell. Yeah, no, I, I can, sure. Um, I guess the caveat there is that it's, like, well-done, well-produced 3D, but uh, I think that well-done 3D, um, there's a lot that can be done in terms of, like, drawing the audience's focus and, like, really fleshing out any given, like, set. 
and that like the, the 3D offers that you just don't find in in flat cinema. Um, <laughs> I think that wow. there are thick very few scenarios cinema where is much better. Yeah, no, there's, there's, I think there's very few scenarios um, where 3D doesn't even even in like I don't know. I would even say like a drama film. Like I actually think that it helps it helps to give the feeling that you're really looking through a window as opposed to just looking at a flat screen. I think it's way more immersive. Um, I think it can be a really good storytelling technique. And I think that it, it really adds to the viewing experience when done properly. Wow. I will say. So what I'm hearing is Jaws 3D was a good idea. It That's was. It was. I watched it. I enjoyed it. I was honest. actually going to follow that up. I, I actually really, really enjoyed that. No, not the... Th oh, Connor, Connor, not the third. Are you talking about the third Jaws movie, Jaws 3D? I'm talking about Jaws 3D. Oh, like no, no. The third one. There oh, no, no, no. Jaws, <laughs> the original, no, got Jaws remastered in 3D. In 3D. I bet yeah. it's great. No, it was great. I'm talking about Jaws yes. 3D. No, yeah. See, there's the caveat. That's not well produced. There you go. Modern I know. Day. I'm just... Fantastic. Hey, I'm just See, joshing you. But here's the I thing. Agree. Now Jaws 3D means two different things. That's trippy as, as hell. That is actually no, but Jaws in 3D and Jaws 3D are two different things. You know, I will say, Orion, it's really cool because I saw a movie accidentally in 3D, and you were the person who, who did a, the 3D for a lot of those scenes, and it was a very great experience. I enjoyed uh, the 3D aspect of it a ton. So I, I have to... Oh, that's, that's off awesome. To you. I don't know if I knew no, that. No, seriously, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. really it, cool. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got to tell you this. Yeah, but um, cool. I, I have a quick take to follow it up. Given that it's it uh, given that it's Halloween, I'm gonna go a little morbid with this, and I've I've often thought about this a lot. So, you know how when you're looking back on societies historically, there are only remnants remnants and bits and pieces that come through, and you're having to piece together a, you know the story of that society through the evidence that you gather. And I think about how movies are going to survive hundreds of years from now. And I wonder, sort of posing a question to you guys, I, I guess it would depend on the type of apocalypse that brings us down. Do you think that there's a likelihood that the digital imprint of films, you know, streaming, uh, just files of films, is going to be something that lasts longer than DVDs or like the, the actual physical imprint of films that were made? Uh, I think this is sort of sort of a stupid question, but it's just something that I, I really am fascinated by. Is like what's going to outsurvive the other, and what bits and pieces of our only a hundred year really and a little bit of some change history of film is actually going to bring about in the long term in the archaeological record. I, it's so fascinating because it like dominates what I think about on a daily basis, and it's such a blip in the grand scheme of things. I think, well, Vince, you're kind of, you're not giving us a quick take, you're giving us a question. I want you to answer the question, and then we'll answer it. Okay, okay, okay. My, my thought is that there's going to be a little bit of both, and it's not going to be something that we can cater. So it's not going to be like, all right, you know, our society's falling apart, let's make sure that The Godfather and uh, Jaws survive so that people can see the best of the best films. It's going to be like, okay, maybe a couple of great classics here and there will come through, and then there also will randomly be, you know, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, for sure, is going to survive on a, on a random Laserdisc file that somebody ripped in, like, the 90s or something. And I don't, you know, like, that's going to live, <laughs> I'm sure. 
And I just like think that's funny. And it's funny to picture like somebody hundreds of years from now piecing together our film history based on the fragments or whatever pieces are going to get through and like trying to build back film history with that in mind. Yeah, it's so funny you say that because Vince, there's a play that I really think you would love and I'm actually, that's it. It's called Mr. Burns, a post-electric play. Do you know what this is about? No, I've never heard of it. It's about, and I've never seen it. I've only like read certain parts and know that it's very famous and like brilliant. Is it's about the apocalypse happens and a traveling group. It might be a family. I'm I'm really, I'm just like I just know about it. Um, goes around and performs episodes of The Simpsons. Oh. So like four people. So you see these, and they're there in like these really apocalyptic Homer Simpson costumes, and what? they're traveling around, being the Simpson, like performing the Simpsons episodes. Yeah. So I think in a way, like there's that. But I totally agree with what you're saying. It, like it, in the in the long run, in that moment of apocalypse, where like the digital age will not work, and we can just have these artifacts of like a VHS tape then, yeah, it's going to be whatever we can salvage. Hmm. Ryan, do you have any thoughts, or is this just just too whatever? Uh, no, no, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I, I, think that, uh, I think that it's inevitable that... Um, essentially, I mean, like, you're not going to... Like, film, physical film, hmm. is very susceptible Flames. to, like, damage. <laughs> True. And I just think that, like, the reality is, like you said, like, someone's going to have a micro SD card with, like, a library of, like, just random junk on it, and that's the stuff that's going to live. It's going to be small personal collections. Or, like, I mean, the Smithsonian keeps a vault of, like, certain historic films. Like, certain things will last, and it is interesting, like, to think about what is going to actually leave, like, a lasting impact or, like, be films that people look back on. Because, yeah, when you think about the fact that the medium itself is barely even like arguably the modern era of film isn't even like a barely a hundred years old. Um, it's kind of, kind of insane. And it's, it's so, I mean, we're, we're in it so close to the inception and it's already come so far. It's going to be really interesting to see. Figgy. Uh, that, sorry, that totally, Feline. my screen is, <laughs> my cat just obliterated my keyboard. Um, that was a, that was not to derail answer. that. <laughs> Yeah, no, sorry. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that um, it would be really interesting to like take a snapshot of the world like five or 600 years from now, which isn't even, you know, that's, again, like that's nothing in geologic time. Mm. But just to see where we're at then, yeah. like the, the giants of today, no one's going to, I guarantee you no one knows what Warner Bros. is or Disney. Yeah. Like They're too big to fail now, but give it just time and it's going to be interesting to see what even is considered worth saving. Interesting. You know, I don't know. That's a great, that's a great thing you bring up, Vince. I I like that. I have, I have an interesting question I want to ask you guys. And this, I feel like this could end up the episode and it might be a quick take. I'm doing a separate quick take. No, hear it, hear it. What do you think is the best decade for film? Oh, oh, oh. I don't know how to answer I have an answer. Tough. But Connor, I have to. I feel like I, I have, have an to an throw. I have an oh, answer. Let's hear your quick take. Hear your quick take first. It is a quick take. So my answer to the question, I think this this might not be controversial, but it might. I think it's the '90s. Hmm. 
for the reason of, I think, obviously, the best, you talk about best movies ever made. Not all of them are in the 90s, like The Godfather 70s. Honestly, a lot of the answers could, I would say, either 90s or 70s, because 70s is where it took that spot of being like, this is what you can do with movies. But I think 90s really stepped into this age that we have now of like CGI and computers and what you can really do with filmmaking. You look at a movie like Jurassic Park or The Matrix, they're, they're insanely revolutionary and insanely influential in what they did. And that whole decade was just people experimenting and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't, but we learned and now we're at this spot where CGI and filmmaking and these techniques are like common practice when even in the 80s you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have dreamed of doing this. Mm. I think that's, oh man, yeah, that's a good answer. I think the 90s is definitely kind of like a sure bet in terms of a lot, for a lot of reasons. Um, yeah. But my answer kind of has a caveat to it. I think of film history in decades for sure, but I go from like the five to the five mark instead of the zero to the zero. And the reason for that is like Jaws mm -hmm. is considered the first blockbuster, like a like big summer blockbuster beginning the blockbuster era, and that was 75. Yeah. And it cuts so nicely with Back to the Future, you know, on the other end. And it just, it mm -hmm. just kind of works like that in my head. And then 95 is when Toy Story, the first full CG feature, comes out. And then, you know, you can kind of go like that. And so in my head, I think the best decade for me, and I won't try to convince anybody of it, is 65 to 75 because it's like building up to that blockbuster era and you get a lot of really great classic films. So that's, yeah, that, that makes total sense. How about this you, Ryan? This is so subjective. It's like, there's no right answer. Yeah. I, yeah, see, I'm going to have to just go purely based on my own like enjoyment of things. Um, and I, I would say, I'm going to say, just split it right in the middle and say the 80s. Okay. Uh, I think that there's, especially, I mean, we're, we're doing Halloween here. You're a you know, spooky mm -hmm. podcast. There's a ton of fantastic horror movies. Um, very genre-defining from the 80s. That's when the thing came out. You know, we have um, a whole bunch of Stephen, Stephen King classics then, um, Nightmare on Elm Street bunch of the Friday films like that was kind of like the fly evil dead predator the alien or aliens um just a just a lot of very solid entries horror wise and otherwise um but that was I feel like the 80s are kind of like the years of like initial blockbusters sort of sort of how Vince was saying um and, and uh that's, looking back I mean those are if I was to pick 10 years in which I enjoyed the most movies I would say um, the 80s. Hey. That's we a, really that's split a, the difference, didn't we? Yeah. Except for we hit it all. 1976 yeah. to 1979. We oh, really I don't want to leave that out, years. though. So many <laughs> so many good movies in there. Um, yeah, right. 79. Alien. You know, we got Halloween. Oh. We did get Halloween. Oh, that was a Man, Yeah, year. Apocalypse Now. Damn. 79. Oh, okay. Carrying things. Okay. You know what, guys? We got to end this. Happy Halloween. Happy, happy Halloween. Yeah, happy Thanks Halloween, for coming guys. on, Ryan. It was a really... It was... No, it's Absolute been awesome. Blast. We'll have you on again, honestly, to flesh out your Definitely. quick take. I'd love to do an episode on 3D. Oh, please do. Once removed in 3D. Can I would absolutely yes. love to be there. For oh, that. heck yeah. Also, stand correction, Halloween was 78, and I cannot oh, go down history for God. getting that wrong. So right. just, just so we're all okay, still okay, in those okay. years. Though. Good way to correct it. Much, much love to everybody listening and to you guys. Have an awesome rest of your day or bedtime. Good night.
Bye. Thanks, guys.